0: the most blessed Eucharist through which Jesus Christ remains with us, lives in us, and transforms us into his body so that we might transform the world. I stand before you this morning to invite you to join a movement, and I join my voice to the voice of Supreme Knight Patrick Kelly yesterday and even our Holy Father in his letter to all of you, who spoke to us about the importance of this movement in our time. Our bishops, the bishops of the United States have called for a national Eucharistic revival. And I invite you to help us renew the church by inviting everyone into a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. I've been entrusted with helping to shepherd this revival, which I think is one of the most important movements of our time. I want to begin, Joe, just reminding all of you of the important words of the Second Vatican Council in its document on the priesthood when it said this, the other sacraments, as well as every other ministry of the church, every work of the apostolate are tied together with the Eucharist and directed towards it. Every ministry of the Church, every work of the Apostolate is tied together with the Eucharist and directed towards it. Every work that the Knights of Columbus do, such important charitable works, Special Olympics, pro-life work, assisting refugees, helping the suffering Church around the world, it all flows from the Eucharist. And it's meant to lead people to the Eucharist, to discover in the Eucharist what we know is true. The most blessed Eucharist contains the entire spiritual worth, wealth of the Church, said the fathers of the Second Vatican Council, which is Christ himself. Of course, it's no secret that the bishops have called for this movement because of a crisis, the crisis facing our church as we face an increasingly secularized world, and the studies which seem to show that most Catholics, perhaps even as high as 70% of Catholics, do not believe that Jesus is really present in the Blessed Sacrament. And certainly this has contributed to the profound numbers of people, especially young people who have disaffiliated from the church in our own age. And the crisis we know was compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic, which kept many people away from the sacraments for some time and continues to do so. Our Holy Father mentioned your role explicitly in that yesterday, inviting people back after the pandemic. Brothers and sisters, this crisis, in the Eucharistic faith of our church has to be addressed because it goes to the heart of who we are. It's the Eucharist that reveals to us who we are as Catholics. It's the Eucharist that makes present for us that greatest gift that Jesus gave us on the night before he died. St. Paul spoke about this gift and we heard it this morning in his second letter to the Corinthians. Perhaps the earliest record of the words of institution in our world comes from this letter to the Corinthians, where St. Paul says, I received from the Lord what I handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night before he died, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it And said this is my body that is for you do this in remembrance of me in fact the Catholic Church has always been faithful to that command do this in memory of me day after day Sunday after Sunday generation after generation in simple country churches or on those mass rocks in the woods in persecuted times, which Cardinal Doneland spoke about last night, from catacombs to cathedrals, and many times at the risk of their own lives, Christians have gathered with a priest to do what Jesus commanded them to do. And the priest takes bread and takes wine and says, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. And we know Jesus is God and his word is true. And the same one who created everything out of nothing, the one who was capable of making water into wine, through those words, transforms ordinary bread and ordinary wine into his very flesh and blood. My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink and whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. Just as the living father sent me and I have life because of the father, so the one who feeds on me will have life Because of me. The U.S. bishops voted overwhelmingly last November to begin this three-year revival. And the first year is really focused on leaders. We began it on June 19th with Corpus Christi processions around the country. I won't raise a hand, ask you to raise your hands, but I'm imagining most of you were present at a Corpus Christi procession somewhere around the country this June 19th. And we began this year, the revival, this first year to focus on leaders. That's all of you. And we're asking you this year to become Eucharistic missionaries, to spend some extra time studying your faith, to spend some extra time growing in your devotion to the Eucharist, maybe adding a holy hour to your week, or going to daily mass more often during the week and then to find ways to invite others, especially in your parish, to come and invite, experience and encounter Christ in the Eucharist. And that second year will be focused on parishes. Our own studies show that even those who come to our parishes on Sunday don't always understand the gift of the Eucharist. And so we have to reach those people who are already in our pews who haven't yet experienced the transforming encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist and what the mass can mean for their daily life. And so we're going to invite them to be in small group studies and other things throughout that year of the parish. Trusting that many of you will help us to lead those efforts to reach those in our parishes. That year will lead us to the high point of this revival, which will be the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis. July 17 to 21, 2024, I expect to see all of you there. July 17 to 2021, 2024, this will be the largest Eucharistic Congress in our country in over 50 years. The last time we attempted to do this was 1976 when we had the International Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia, when a man named Cardinal Carol Wojtyla shared the stage with a woman named Mother Teresa of Calcutta He would become St. John Paul II just two years later. We, in fact, we expect to have at least 80,000 people converge on Indianapolis so that we can hold up for our whole country what we believe about Jesus in the Eucharist. The third year then will be the missionary year. After that Congress will encourage everyone to help us in the church make that missionary conversion to really become those missionary disciples our Holy Father is asking, as Patrick Kelly, the Supreme Knight, mentioned yesterday. I wanna mention in particular one exciting moment in the revival. Because of the generosity of some benefactors and some committed people, we've been able to plan a national Eucharistic procession. We're gonna process the Blessed Sacrament across our country from four corners of our country We're gonna begin at one of the missions of St. Junipero Serra in California, and at Corpus Christi, Texas, and at the headwaters of the Mississippi, which just happens to be in the Crookston Diocese where I'm the bishop, and at the tomb of Blessed Michael McGivney in Connecticut. And we're gonna walk the Blessed Sacrament from those four corners across our country meeting at Indianapolis in July of 2024 and we're gonna invite young people from around the country to pilgrimage with Jesus for a week or for a month or even for three months and we hope that when this procession comes to your diocese in your parish that the Knights will be there to greet Jesus and to escort him across that diocese and across that parishes and of course we'll stop in parishes every night and we'll have catechesis and mass in the morning as we set out again on this national pilgrimage, inviting our whole country to come to Indianapolis. I do wonder what people are going to think, right? What are the Catholics doing? They're processing the blessed sacrament. (laughs) What's the blessed sacrament? Our hope, in fact, is that many people will see our devotion and be transformed with it, by it. Brothers and sisters, the Eucharist is the source of our life. It's the strength of every Christian. It's the source of unity, charity, and fraternity, which we seek to live. And many people do not know this gift. Some years ago, when I was a young priest, I lived in Rome doing my studies. And I got to know Sister Letizia of the Missionaries of Charity. The Missionaries of Charity each have a number. Mother Teresa was number one. Sister Laetitia was number three. One of the first sisters to join Mother Teresa from Calcutta itself. And she once said to me this. She said, many people think Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity because of Matthew chapter 25. Whatever you did to the least, you did to me. And of course, we know that scripture passage was extremely important to Mother Teresa and it animated all the work that she did for the least, because she saw Jesus in them, just as we seek to do as knights. But Sister Letizia said she believed Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity because of Matthew chapter 22. That's the passage where the father invites people to come to the wedding feast of his son. And when he goes out and sends the people out to invite them many people say oh I'm too busy or I have other things to do and they don't respond to the invitation and so then the father says no my wedding banquet must be full and he sends out his servants to the highways and the byways to invite in the poor and the lame and the blind because he wants everyone invited to the banquet and sister Letizia said That's why Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity so the poor and the lame would know they were invited to the banquet, to the Eucharist. And brothers and sisters, this is the earnest plea of our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uses the exact same image in his latest apostolic letter on the Eucharist, on the liturgy. He begins that letter with this earnest plea to you and to me. Here's what he says. The world still does not know, but everyone is invited to the wedding of the Lamb. We must not allow ourselves even a moment of rest, knowing that still not everyone has received the invitation to this supper, knowing that others have forgotten it, or have got lost along the way in the twists and turns of human living. This is what I spoke of when I dream, said I dream of a missionary option. That is a missionary impulse capable of transforming everything so that the church's customs, ways of doing things, times and schedules, languages and structures can be suitably challenged for the evangelization of today's world rather than for her self-preservation. I want this so that all can be seated at the supper of the sacrifice of the lamb and live from him. My brothers and sisters, our Holy Father's asking you, begging you to become a Eucharistic missionary, to let the world know Jesus is waiting for them at this altar, longing for them at this altar. So many don't know. So many have forgotten. We must go forth from here and share this life with the world. Viva Jesus.